Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Happy Wednesday. Um, I thought it would be funny to start the podcast out making you think either that I was going pee or make you have to go pee by pouring myself a glass of water. You'll have to let me know if it worked. Um, I honestly probably have been socially distancing myself for too long and I think I'm going crazy. Anyway, um, today I'm going to start out by making fun of myself. I, it has come to my attention that I always say www dot when I'm talking about www.shebuiltthis.org rather than just saying shebuiltthis.org. My husband finds this hilarious. Um, I'm not really sure why I do it. I think I just grew up in the era of having to say www dot before you say a website. At least I don't say, I will say in my defense. At least I don't say HTTPS colon slash slash and then www dot. Anyway, the point of that was really just an acknowledgement that I know it's completely unnecessary and it's the end of every single podcast episode until I get the chutzpah to re-record my intro and my outro. So it shall stay as is. If you listen to me on one and a half speed, it must be crazy because I talk really, really fast. I listen to my podcast on one and a half speed for the most part. Because I love podcasts and I just, I can't listen to them while I'm doing my work. So I like to cram the maximum amount of information into times when I'm not doing work, like when I'm walking or exercising. I used to listen to them all the time when I was driving, but uh, I don't really go that many places right now. So I cannot believe, I mean, I guess I can at this point, I can believe just about anything. But I cannot believe that it's July 1st already. Time is whizzing by. It seems like it's at these like unprecedented paces this year. So it goes from incredibly fast to drippingly slow. But I actually think it's always kind of been like that. And I just never noticed before because I was in cruise control mode. Um, My goal right now is really to make time work a little bit more for me and not just be completely and utterly controlled by it. And then I feel like once I can rain, get a good rain on that, I can take that concept into the future with me. I don't exactly know how I'm going to do that yet, but I've been reading books and learning about how to do it, and I'm, I'm hoping that is a good start. If you know anybody who is like a pro time bender, I would love to have a chat with them. I would love to have them on my podcast. We can talk about creating black holes and all sorts of other fun things like that. Today's episode is in fact all about time. We are going to talk about it from a couple of different angles and several different ways. Over in the She Built This group, which by the way, if you're not already a part of and you're a female entrepreneur or professional, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can find out how to join us by visiting www.shebuiltthis.org or just shebuiltthis.org, whichever you prefer to type into your browser. 
I digress. So over in the She Built This group, um, we have been doing these weekly live and learns. I don't know if you want to pronounce it live and learn or live and learn. It's really up for debate. I kind of like it both ways. I like the pun. I love puns. I love puns. In fact, like some of my favorite emails are when my grandfather sends me all of his punny dad jokes, granddad jokes, whatever you want to call them. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so we've been doing these weekly live and learns, live and learns, where I interview experts as they share their lunch size bites of wisdom with us. And you can think of it like a lunch and learn um, in Facebook live form. And everybody gets to kind of like chip in and ask questions as we go along. They have been so much fun and we've gotten the opportunity to learn about everything from productivity tips to bookkeeping to charging what you're worth and making that sweet, sweet money. Um, And then last Friday, we talked about how you spend your time on social media to maximize your efforts. And then next, um, actually it's today, I'm going to be having a chat with Anna Hayes Harless and we will be talking about imposter syndrome, which unfortunately, no, you cannot wear a mask to prevent it, but it is curable. Now, if people miss the live versions of these, they can always watch it on the replay. So that way they can still have the takeaways. In one of my most recent conversations um, with Liz Wyman, who I am going to have on my podcast, she's the founder of unperfectionist.com. And get this, she teaches individuals to be imperfect. Now, when I first heard about what she did, I was like, "Um, why would anybody want to be imperfect? I get mad at myself on a regular basis that I cannot be perfect. And I actually even told her, I said, I'm not a perfectionist because I am pissed off at myself because I I can't be perfect. And she said, that's part of your problem. Um, So those kind of thinking, that kind of thinking, and and many other, it, it exhibits itself in many other ways. It trips us up all the time in both our business lives and our personal lives. So her work is teaching us how to set some of these things aside that hold us back and move forward through them because basically giving up on this idea that you're just going to sit around and wait until you are perfect. Um, So at the same time that I started to talk to Liz and discover her work, I also dove into another fabulous book, just started it. This one is by Anne Lamott and it's called Bird by Bird. It's all about writing and the tips that she gives to her writing students and what she's learned along the way. Now, First of all, she lays it all out basically at the beginning and says, okay, don't get, this is the second book actually I've read like this. It's like, you are not going to be a superstar, most likely, so don't get your hopes up. Um, She says, you know, your writing isn't going to make you famous necessarily. If you want to make it a career, you should probably get used to being a starving artist. And then, and that's not to like diminish anyone's dreams or squelch their hopes. She just wants to be real. And share that being creative and writing well, it's not just a matter of like doing anything. It's not just a matter of going to bed one night and then you wake up as this magical unicorn. And it doesn't mean that like you were born a genius with all the technique and a pen that just writes in rainbows, which I would love a pen that writes in rainbows. So if anyone has one of those, please let me know where I can get it. But the point is, it takes work, right? It takes daily action. It takes steps. It takes 
years sometimes. Um, it takes a lot of practice and messiness and rough drafts that look like horse turds and and standing up, falling down, and sitting back in your seat and then starting the cycle all over again. So I really needed to hear that. Um, I get really frustrated sometimes when I look at where I am and then I just have this whole internal pity party for myself. And I'm like, why am I not an overnight success? You know, I'm looking at all these social media influencers and superstars and people just left and right. And I just compare myself to them and thinking what on earth is wrong with me? Why am I not going faster? When will the business knight in shining armor come rescue me? When Jason and I opened our first business, which was a retail store in Amherst, New Hampshire. I think it was honestly like six years ago now, which talk about time flying. Oh my gosh. Um, We got a money tree as a gift. You know, we got flowers and cards and things like that. But his sister sent us this really nice money tree in a little purple and white pot. And since we first got that tree, I have always thought of it as, you know, the tucked in organics money tree. That was the name of the store. Somewhere along the lines, we acquired another one. And then that one for me, in my mind, became the Jason Aborn painting profession money tree. Now, you know, whenever the leaves got yellow and fell off, I had like this, I had like a specific customer in mind that it had been. And when the leaves were bright green and bursting, I knew like exactly which person had purchased what to make those leaves so rich. Ooh, hark, another pun. That one was intended. Um, All right, so then the money trees had babies. And honestly, Jason is the one with the green thumb, not me. He transplanted them after the store was, long after the store was closed. But that store money tree was still doing okay. And it really, to me, in my mind, it was the catalyst that helped us grow the next generation, i.e. make our pivot transplant. So now we have a couple money trees going. We have his painting business. We have my marketing business, which admittedly was going through like a leaf apocalypse last year. And now it seems to be holding steady. Um, And then we have the random money tree for gifts and, you know, like windfalls when we win the lottery and stuff like that. And then just the other day, we found the tiniest little offshoot. It was just a tiny little sprig of a thing. And Jason called me over to show it to me. And I said, ah, yes, this is the she built this money tree. Um, So I I hope you're seeing that there's a little bit of an analogy here. And for me, it, it extends far, far beyond the financial representation of these trees. Sometimes I get really frustrated. I want to be dumping all of my time and energy into She Built This, okay? So I get frustrated that that little sprig is not already this giant tree that I want it to be. And I'm not just talking financially here. I'm talking about the impact I'm making. I'm talking about ideas I have for it. But I tell you what, I know that each and every day, Every single week, every single month, that tree is going to get a little tiny bit bigger because I am taking steps and I'm going to be sticking with it and I will be nurturing that little tiny tree and soon, maybe it will be able to get its own pot and be growing on its own. That would just make my wishes come true. Liz LaJoy has a similar concept that she shared on her Zen Money Monday podcast last week about the difference between slow and fast growth. Now, here's some exciting news. I was actually on her podcast this week, and I will be sure to put the episode in the show notes. So definitely please take a listen to both episodes if you get the opportunity. She was talking about how 
It's important to make an active decision about whether or not you choose to grow your business fast or slow. Now, with slow growth, you have time to plan, set a framework for the future. You can pick out every single seed and place it exactly where you want it. They're very tiny and fragile. And then slowly but surely, as you water them and nurture them, they grow. Now, in some cases, these seeds even come back bigger and stronger year after year. With slow growth, though, you have to make sure that the systems you're setting in place at the beginning are able to be expanded to fit the new plants as they grow. Because otherwise, if you have, you know, too many plants in your garden and all of a sudden they're huge, things are going to feel a little tight. Not that you can't add on to the garden. So there's lots of, she just paints this beautiful picture and there's lots of great analogies. She says with fast growth that it's a little bit like hiring landscapers to come in and bring the trees that are already blossoming into your yard. So overnight, you can have a beautiful garden and a whole orchard of fruit trees. You can be like picking cherries and pears and apples the next morning if you can afford it. And many times you can even hire these people to keep coming back and maintaining it all for you. Now, there are obviously costs involved no matter which one you choose. And like I said, you really have to hear her explain it because she does a, such a great job, better than me for sure. Um, but I love the analogy here. And my encouragement for you is if you decide that you're going to go slow in this season for now, right now, if that's your decision, if you want to take that route of organic nurturing growth, just stick with it. Take small imperfect steps every single day and be patient. So now I have kind of a funny story that I want to share with you about being patient. When I was five years old, I was fixing to have some cereal one morning and I poured myself this big old bowl of healthy brand cereal with raisins, also known as raisin brand, but we weren't cool enough to have like brand name cereal. So I got like all these geniusly titled knockoffs most of the time. So I'm going to make myself some cereal. I go to the refrigerator and like scope out the milk scene. And there was this giant unopened gallon of milk staring back at me. I don't think the people that create these, these gallons of milk have designed them with independent five-year-olds and underdeveloped muscles in mind. The thing is huge, and when it wasn't open in my house, it probably meant that it was half my body weight, and therefore it was out of my league, and I couldn't pour it myself. My mom was in the shower. I felt like it was going to be a while, and naturally, being five, like my hunger required immediate satiation, so I decided to see what else I could find. There was water, disgusting. There was apple juice, ew. And of course there was wine, but I hadn't discovered that in life yet. And I don't really think even to this day that that would be that good in my cereal. But you know what I did find? I found that there was some half and half. And this stuff just so happened to be named brand. It was that bright purple hood. I can see it like plain as day. The packaging was just calling to me. Purple is like one of my favorite colors. So I'm pretty sure it was a sign. Um, all right, so I get like a step stool and I belly up to the fridge, grab that carton of half and half. It looked like milk. I'd seen my mom putting it in her coffee, so I figured it probably tasted like milk. It, it also was always an off-limits item for us kids, so that made it just like I had to do it. I love things that are off-limits. Um, 
even to this day. So I poured it over my cereal and I took my first bite and it was absolutely disgusting. Now, I want to say that there are two schools of thought here. One is my husband's. Now, when he was a kid, he used to want to pour half and half in his cereal. It was like a treat for him and he thought it was delicious. My school of thought is that milk in general is repulsive. It's so gross. And so a thicker, more milk-like version of it is just even more gross. Now, side note, I need to know, have you ever tried putting half and half in your cereal? Because both me and my husband have. And I want to know if this is just like this magical coincidental correlation between us, but we have a lot of those things, or if this is like kind of a universal thing and it's not a coincidence at all. Um, yeah. Anyway, we have a lot of these fun little things between us. I hope he's blushing listening to this right now or smiling or not shaking his head or dropping his paintbrush. Um, anyway, back to my story. The cereal was ruined obviously, in my opinion. And so I abandoned it and let it sit on the table. Clearly, I wasn't actually as starving as I thought I was. Um, My mom comes out of the shower and she got really irritated at me because in our house, we did not waste. And we most certainly did not waste half and half in other expensive, especially name brand things. Um, And we definitely did not waste just because we were impatient. This is a perfect example of haste making waste. So my mom made me eat it. This happened to me a lot after just the cereal incident. Like if I made something in the kitchen, if I did like culinary experiments and I didn't ask permission first, I usually had to eat what I made and it was pretty much always awful. But she made me eat this now soggy raisin bran with half and half in it, which was already gross. And also, I was one of those kids that was always like gagging on food if I couldn't stomach it. So I couldn't eat it. I just could not get it down. Now, please do not ask me why, but my mom actually thought that it would help me and make it taste better. You're going to be so grossed out right now. I hope no one is gagging if she microwaved it because her thinking was, well, now it'll be more like oatmeal or cream of wheat or something, cream of bran, whatever, if she did that. And just so you know, that made it way grosser, if you can, you know, believe that. Um, Now, I'm going to go ahead and say my memory is completely wiped out as to whether or not I had to go and finish that entire bowl of cereal. Hopefully, I didn't. Hopefully, I found some stealthy way to just throw it out and pay back that 50 cents in my allowance for what I had wasted. But a part of me thinks that I had to eat the entire thing to teach me a lesson about patience. And let this be a lesson to us all. In your business, be patient, do hard things, do scary things, but do not go for those fast fixes or substitutions for the right things and quality. And that's all I have for you today. I, As always, I love to know your thoughts. That was a little bit of story time with Emily today. How fun, right? Um, I do think that stories are a really unique way of bringing us all together and sharing common or not so uncommon experiences with one another. And by looking back at them and all the ways that we are imperfect throughout our lives, we can actually live, learn, and do better from each other as we continue on. 
Coming up soon, I have a teacher's episode where I will be sharing interviews with several teachers that have been doing distance education during the pandemic and hearing their perspectives and stories. We have everything from a high school entrepreneurship teacher to an art teacher to a college professor, and it is going to be a super fun one. Um, Last Thursday, we had our first ever Stories That Connect event, and what it was was five women sharing so bravely their their stories, and they did it so vulnerably and authentically. It was absolutely beautiful, and then the people watching were able to give um, feedback and share how it inspired them, and I really... I want to bring on some of those stories onto the podcast too. So for the next Stories That Connect night that we do, I will probably choose one of my favorite stories and bring them onto the show and then they can share that story with you. So lots of exciting things coming up. Um, One thing I never ask and I super duper do need your help with is writing me a review. I don't think I have no illusions that I am like the best podcast, but I would just love for you to share. What I really love is reading your positive words um, and it will help me in the long term on Apple Podcasts. So if you could just write me a tiny little review, hit that little five star button, I would just be forever indebted to you. And I will, if it's good and really well thought out, I will read it. So your name will be broadcasted for all the world to hear. Um, I would really appreciate that. Anyway, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Lots of love to you all. And I'm going to leave you with this quote from Mary Kay Ash, who is the founder of Mary Kay. Never give up because you never know if the next try is going to be the one that works. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.